Hello, welcome to another episode of the talk show. This is where I discuss on issues related to relationship, marriage, and lifestyle. And I'll be doing the continuation on the intimacy series. Today, I'll be talking on the subject, common sex myths you may have believed. The first, first myth is sex is dirty, impure, and sinful. Uh, because our parents were growing up, the church leaders, because they want us to keep away from uh, premarital sex, they have presented sex in a way that looks dirty, in a way that looks impure, in a way that looks sinful. But I want you to understand that that is just a myth, that is a lie, it's far from the truth. Sex is not dirty, sex is not impure, sex is not sinful. Sex was originally created by God. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, chapter number 2, verse 24 For this cause a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. That word cleave means united. And verse 25 said, said Both the man and the woman were both naked and they were not ashamed. That shows, shows us that sex was originally instituted, created by God. And we must understand everything that God created, they were good. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter number 1 verse 31, God saw all that he created and behold, they were very good. So God created sex. It is not dirty. It is not impure. It came out of God. God made it so. It is designed as a holy heart. Now, the only thing is God created sex with a boundary and the boundary is within the marriage borders. The book of Proverbs chapter number 5 from verse 15 to verse uh, 19 says drink water from your own well share your love only with your wife why spill the water of your springs in the streets having sex with just anyone you should reserve it for yourselves never share it with strangers that is saying to us that sex was designed to to operate within the boundaries and the borders of the marriage institution and continuing verse 17 it says but but verse 17 says let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you rejoice in the wife of your youth see she is a loving dear a graceful doe let her breast satisfy you always may you always be intoxicated by her love and this is very important we must understand that sex was originally created by God so therefore sex is not dirty sex is not impure sex is not sinful you must get this clearly and you should read yourself of this false representation the second myth is sex is just a physical exercise a lot of people you know I met a lady one time and she said sex to her is just a physical exercise and I wonder where did this come from that is because uh, the devil in a way, our society, our culture, the devil has influenced our society and our culture in a way that uh, diminishes the, the significance and the weight of sex. And one of the ways by which the significance of sex has been watered down is to make sex look like just a, a mere physical exercise. Sex is not just a, a physical exercise. Sex is not a physical exercise. It is more than physical. A lot of people believe that sex is just physical, that this is just a physical uh, a relationship between a man and a woman but I want you to understand that sex is not just physical sex has a lot of uh, a lot of aspects to it in fact it is first of all spiritual because 
God created it. That shows us that it is spiritual because God is a spirit. So he created it a spiritual heart in the first instance. And the second thing, the other thing you must understand is that sex is also psychological. In fact, it is research that the, the greatest sexual organ is not your genitals. The greatest sexual organ is your mind. So therefore, sex is psychological. It is mental. Sex is emotional. Therefore, you should not are agreed to the myth that sex is just a physical exercise. Sex is beyond the physical exercise. It is emotional. There is an emotional aspect of sex. There is a psychological aspect of sex, and there is a spiritual aspect of sex. Therefore, this is why this is why you must also understand that sex is not a. Uh, something you toy with just like a physical exercise you just get away with it is more than that and you must not allow yourself to be buried in this myth the third myth is sex is a proof of maturity <laughs> you know a lot of people believe that sex is a proof of maturity it is true that uh, your when you start having erections you start having uh hair on, on, on your under your armpit you start having hair in your genitals and things like that it's a sign of puberty it's not a sign of maturity there's a difference between maturity and puberty puberty you must understand this clearly sex is not a proof of your manliness Neither is it a proof of your sexiness. A lot of women believe that, oh, you use, you, you use sex to slay. No, you don't use sex to slay. You don't slay with sex. Sex is not a proof of maturity. If the proof of maturity is, of sexual maturity is your ability to control your sexual drive. That is the proof of sexual maturity. It is not because you can spill your semen everywhere in every vagina you see everywhere. That is not a proof of your maturity. Your proof of maturity is that you can caution yourself. You can control your sexual hodges. You can control your sexual drive and make sound, sound and sane decisions about your sexual life. That is maturity. So having sex everywhere with everybody is not a proof of maturity. In fact, a proof of sexual maturity is selflessness in marriage. It is because you can because you can eat the right spot doesn't mean that you are mature. It only shows that you are skilled. And skillfulness is not the same thing as maturity. You must understand this clearly because you can you can you you, you can drive you can drive uh, your, your your sexuality to a high extent and you can stay longer doesn't mean that you are mature. S maturity, sexual maturity is selflessness. That is your ability to be selfless in the sexual act with your spouse. That is sexual maturity. You know, a lot of time because of our society, our society and our culture has been degraded to to a large extent that now. Days, even virgins are, are, are shy to, to, to come out and say they are virgins because virg they are, virginity has been has been uh, has been has been made to be synonymous to low self-esteem. So they believe that you have not grown up when you have not started having sex. They believe that you are you have you have not uh, you have not man up when you have not started having sex. No, that is a lie. That is not true. That is a myth. That is not. That is far from the truth. You must understand this clearly. That sex is not a proof of maturity. In fact, a proof of maturity is that you can keep yourself. You can keep yourself within the borders of marriage where God designed sex to flourish and to thrive. The fourth myth that you may have believed is 
is that you must pray before and after having sex with your spouse. <laughs> you know, this is funny, really. Uh, some people believe, especially Christian sisters or brothers, they believe that they are believed that you must pray before and after sex with your spouse. But I want to tell you that. This is just a myth. There's no place in the scripture that says that we must pray before sex or pray after having sex. Now you must get this clearly. I don't if that is what you if that is what you want to practice, I have nothing against it. But I want you to understand that it is not a norm. It is not a compulsion. There's no biblical backing, backing to that for that. There's no scriptural backing for that. You must get this clearly. You don't have to pray before or after sex. You know, sometimes I wonder how do people really get time to pray before sex? I don't understand it. Because when you are sexually driven, that is you, 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 Sex is most mostly most times as a a subconscious thing. The drive just comes and you are in the heart. I don't understand how you get time to pray. And if really you get time to pray, I don't understand how that 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 time to pray will not affect the drive that you are coming with. Now I don't like I said earlier. I don't have anything against that. But I want you to understand that there is no. It's not a norm. It's not a principle. It's not a procedure that you must pray before and after sex with your with your spouse. Sex is, in fact, prayer is fellowship, and you must understand that sex in a marriage situation is also fellowship. It's a communion between the husband and the wife. It's a fellowship. It's a it's it's an expression of their love. It's a physical expression of their love. It's a spiritual expression of their love. It's a psychological expression of their love. It's an emotional expression of their love. So you must get this clearly. It is not a norm. It is only a myth. Don't believe it that you must pray before and after sex. You must get this clearly. Now, the fifth myth that you may have believed is sex is not ideal during pregnancy. You know, a lot of people believe that sex is not ideal for pregnancy. And I understand a lot of people have a lot of fears. And these fears are not really uh, uh, valid, really. Some of the fears that people have is, okay, is when we are having sex and my wife is pregnant, hope the baby in the womb will not be aware of what we are doing. My dear, the baby is not seeing you. baby is not even getting what you are doing. The best baby could be feeling is uh, a a a a read a, a rhythmic uh, 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 movement. Perhaps the way you are having the sex and he is just he or she is just moving inside uh, the protective sac that she she or he or she is. So it's the the, the baby the best baby could be feeling or could the best expression or the best feeling that the baby could be having is is probably he or she is feeling that. He or she is swimming because of the rhythmic rhythmic expression that you are having during the sexual. So there's no there's no uh, nothing that stops you from having sex during pregnancy. If your wife is pregnant, don't deprive her of sex. If you if you are pregnant, don't deprive your husband of sex. Another fear that people have is that oh, oh my penis will not be touching the head of the baby. Your penis doesn't even get near to the baby. The baby is in a protective sack. He or she is well protected. You cannot touch him. Your penis cannot touch him there. I understand that there will be health uh, advices and medical advices that you should you should uh, abstain from sex. 
for some time, maybe due to health issues, that is clearly known. But don't believe that if there's nothing like that, there's no medical restrictions, sex is ideal during pregnancy. You must not believe the myth that sex is not ideal during pregnancy. The sixth sex myth you may have believed is that women don't like sex or that decent women don't ask their husband for sex except if you believe that women don't like good things that is when you believe that women don't like sex because sex is a good thing god created it it's created for her to enjoy the marriage situation so sex is a good thing in fact no research has proven that men like sex more than women or that women don't like sex as men do you must understand it. It's just that our society and most culture has painted the picture that women should not express their sexual needs, unlike the liberality and the like uh, uh, and and the freedom that men has been given to express their sexual needs, their sexual urges anywhere they like or anytime they like, without a feeling of discrimination or segregation. Women have not been given that 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 freedom to do the same, and this is this has affected the mindset of most women. And the belief that oh, a decent woman should not ask her husband for sex. You should just be ready anytime he wants it. No, that is not so. That is not supposed to be. That is just a myth. You should not believe that. You should have the confidence to to ask your husband for sex if you need it. Ask your husband for what you need. Express your sexual needs to needs to to him. In fact, it is not a proof of decency that that uh, that you don't ask your husband for sex. That is not a proof that you are decent. You are not more decent than the person that than the wife that is asking her husband for sex. It only shows that you lack the confidence. You are shy. You lack uh, the knowledge or the sound knowledge of how marriage is designed to work sexually. And this would deprive you of many advantages that initiating sex with your husband will have given to you. One of the advantages is that it will, it will, it will create an atmosphere where your husband will be more appreciative of you because men love it when their wives take initiative to initiate sex. It shows that they are not the only one trying to chase their wives, show their, their wives too, they desire them. Another advantage is that you get to get you, you get the opportunity to, to to meet your sexual needs without waiting on your husband or husband's leading. You get to take it to your husband. You get to express it to your husband. You get to meet your sexual needs without waiting for your husband to initiate the sex. That is one of the advantages. You must rid yourself of that means that women don't like sex or that decent women don't ask their husbands for sex. The seventh myth that you may have believed is that there is an ideal time, period, duration or place for sex. Some people have believed the myth that sex should only be in the night. Some people have believed the myth that sex should only take place in the bedroom. Some people have believed the myth that sex shouldn't last for more than five minutes. Some people have believed the myth that, oh, there's a particular uh, period that you should have sex. You should not have sex when, when, during menstruation. You should not have sex when your wife is pregnant. You should not have sex uh, at a particular... There's a, they just believe the myth that there's a time, there's a period, there's a duration, there's a place for sex. I want to tell you that that is just a myth. There's no time. Every time is a good time with your husband. With you. Every time is a good time with your wife. That's just a myth. Every time, in the daytime, in the, in the morning time, early in the morning, 
mañana in the night anytime is a good time there's no duration you can have it for one hour you can have it for 30 minutes you can have it for two minutes there's no ideal duration you just get to express yourselves there's no ideal duration there's no ideal place it's not just in the bedroom alone. You can have it in the kitchen. You can have it in the toilet. You can have it anywhere. So far, you don't breach the the the, the your privacy, the, the 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 concept of privacy, because privacy is important. Sexual expression deserves and 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 needs privacy. So far, you don't breach that. There's no ideal time. There's no ideal duration. There's no ideal period. You can have sex during pregnancy. I've said it earlier. You can have sex during menstruation. So far, you can cope with the messiness. You can have sex any time of the day, any period of the year, any place in your wherever you get to, as long as you have the privacy. So don't believe that it. You must read yourself. From that myth, the eighth myth you may have believed is that there is an ideal sexual style or position. <laughs> you know, some people have believed, a lot of people have believed that there's an ideal sexual style, sex style, or position. It must just be missionary. A Christian should not try any other style. It should be missionary. The man should be on top, the woman should be below. That's how it should be. Some people believe that. It's just a myth. There's no place in the scripture that says this is the particular style we should be doing to sex. The wife can be on top. Anybody can be on top. Any you can take different styles. You can do the spooning style. You can do what they call the, the, the all fours. You can do different styles. So far, you don't breach the biblical uh, uh, boundaries. You don't go into sexual perversion or, or go or 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 or, or, or demand from your spouse what he or she don't want to try you must understand this that there's no ideal sex style there's no ideal sex position so people also believed they have this myth about the sex style and position that there's a particular style that 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 gives you a male child or a female child <laughs> and yeah that is just a myth there's no particular style that gives you a male child or a female child. That is only that is genetic. It is not based on sex style or position. Some people believe that there's a particular style or position that gives you twins. If there's a style that gives you twins, then I must I should have had a twin. I'm telling you because I love twins. <laughs> so I've loved I would have explored that those styles or those positions. So it's, it's, it's just a myth. Don't, 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 don't get entangled with this. Don't get entangled with it. There's no ideal sex style or position. No. As long as you're the, any style you are comfortable with, so far you don't go into sexual perversion. I hope you get that. The ninth uh, sex myth you may have believed is that sex must be mind-blowing every single time. You know, a lot of people believe that, oh, if you sex is not good when it's not mind-blowing that is the organ that there should be this 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 es explosive orgasm that is you the, the woman is shaking for like five minutes after the sex because of the orgasm no you won't there are times that you experience that but that does not mean that other times when you don't experience that, that the sex is not good it's only a myth that sex should be mind-blowing every time 
good sex doesn't mean that it should be over the roof every time. Sex is more of a fellowship. Like I said earlier, sex is more of a connection. The major thing, what makes a good sex is the connection and the bond that you create with your spouse. So don't beat yourself over it when you don't feel the jackings and, and, and the shakings for like five minutes after the sex and things like that. Don't feel bad about it. The major thing is that you have connected, you have expressed and satisfied your sexual needs. So it's only a myth that sex must be mind-blowing every single time. The 10th sex myth that you may have believed and that you must read yourself from is that sex is an assurance of true love. If you love me, you have sex with me. If he doesn't ask you for sex, it shows that he doesn't love you. My dear, that is only a myth. That is only a myth, and that myth has, has, has pushed a lot of single men, single women into premarital sex. No, sex is not an assurance of love. There's more to love than sex. No, there's more to it. Last week, I discussed on three essential stages of intimacy. The interpersonal intimacy. That is, that, is the, that is where you build the strongest sense of love. Not in the sexual intimacy. Sexual intimacy should be an overflow of your expression of love. So sex is not an assurance of love. And I believe that some of you have had, had your taste of, of this meat. You have been deceived and you have seen that really that guy doesn't love you. You have to say, oh, if you love me, you have sex with me. Where is it today? Where is that love that he claimed? So you must understand this. You must read yourself from this belief. Sex is not an assurance of love. It's not. Sex is not the deed of love. No, 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 no. Sex is an overflow of expression of love and it is meant to only be expressed in, within the boundaries of the marriage decision. And this is very important for you to get clearly. The eleventh myth you may have believed that you must get, you must read yourself from is that sex is solely for procreation and not for pleasure. A lot of people believe that sex is for procreation. It shouldn't. It, it, it's when we don't need babies, we shouldn't go. We shouldn't have sex. I want you to understand that sex is not just designed for procreation. Procreation. Sex was designed for pleasure too. In fact, throughout the stay of the first couple in the Garden of Eden, they, it was never. It was not recorded that they they they, they had children. And obviously they were both naked and they were not ashamed. They were united. So they were having sex. What were they having sex for? Was it for procreation? No, it was for pleasure. So sex is not just for procreation, it's not, it's, it is also for pleasure. Because you have stopped, uh, childbearing does not mean that your sexual life should, should be on pause, should, should, should stop. No. Because you have reached menopause, you mean that your should, does not mean that your sexual life should be on pause. Menopause does not mean sex pause. It does not mean sex stop. You must understand this clearly. Sex is not just for probation. It is also for pleasure. And you must get this correctly. The twelfth myth you may have believed uh, that you must read yourself from is that marriage is all about good sex. <laughs> marriage is not just about good sex. Marriage is not just about good sex. If it's about good sex, then porn stars should have the best marriages. It's not just about good sex. Marriage is more than sex. Marriage has a lot of aspects to it. Marriage is about connection, being able to work together 
on the journey of destiny fulfillment. Marriage is not just about good sex. Good sex is important in marriage. You must have a good sexual life in marriage. But it's not just enough. It's not just enough to sustain a marriage. Good sex is not just enough to sustain a marriage. There are women that have given their husbands every style, style you can think of, every sex position you can think of. They have tried it, both their couples have tried that. They give it front, back, and center, anything you can think of. But yet, their marriage is a chaos. So, marriage is not all about good sex. Read yourself from that. It's only a myth that, oh, all you need to enjoy good marriage, to, to have a successful marriage, is good sex. No, that is not all you need. Marriage is not all about good, good sex. Marriage is more than good sex. You must get this clearly and you must get this correctly. The 13th sex myth you may have believed is that sex is sweetest after physical abuse. Now, this is one of the strange occurrences in our generation. You know, so there, there, there's this, there's this uh, uh, wave of information that, oh, after, you have, after your man has physically abused you and then he reconciled with sex, that sex is always good, it's always mind-blowing. My dear, that is bondage. You are suffering from insecurity. You are suffering from low self-esteem. There's nothing far from the truth than that. Sex is not good, it's not great, it's not mind-blowing after physical abuse. Physical abuse is not an expression of love. And sex, like I said earlier, is, is designed to be an overflow expression of love. So don't believe that. Don't allow anybody to put that in your head, that your man should be able to beat you, that your man should beat you. When he has physically abused you, then he, he should reconcile. You should, you, should, you should reconcile with sex and that's, that, 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 that sex will be, will be, will be great. That is, that is how you achieve great sex, sex with your man. No, that is wrong. Those are women that have been, that have been, that have been, that have been in bondage. Those are women that, that, that have been perverted in their minds. And if you are in that case, if you are in that, sh- in, 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 in that, in that shoe, please and please, Read yourself from that mindset. Get out of that abusive relationship. Get out of it. Read yourself from that mindset. That is not the way to go. Sex is meant to be an overflow of expression of love. And love is not abusive in any way. The 14th sex myth may have believed is that sexual purity only means abstinence from vaginal intercourse. Now there's another there's another wave of meat that is going around now because of this meat a lot of people are doing strange things you know we believe that oh sexual purity is when you abstain from vaginal intercourse and a lot of people have been abstaining especially single brothers and sisters they have been abstaining from, from from vaginal intercourse and they claim to be virgins no sexual purity is beyond that Sexual purity means you are pure in spirit, soul, and body. In fact, Jesus Christ speaking, he said, if you look at the woman lustfully in your heart, you have committed fornication, adultery with her already. That is saying that if you you can you can be sexually impure by the way you think, by your by your thoughts towards the the, uh, 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 the opposite sex. So sexual purity is not just about vagina. It's not just about vagina uh, intercourse. 
No, it's not just that. It's not just by abstaining from vaginal intercourse. There are some women, there are some ladies that they, they won't allow vaginal intercourse, but they can allow uh, anal sex. They can allow oral sex. They can allow every form of other aspect of sex apart from vaginal intercourse. You know, I used to believe this too. But it is wrong. You know, some of us, we, we, we were only technical virgins when we got married. It's not that we were totally sexually pure. So you must understand this. There's a difference between being sexually pure and being uh, a virgin. There are virgins that are not sexually pure. They have tried every other aspect of sex apart from vaginal intercourse. So you must understand that sexual purity is not just abstinence from vaginal intercourse. It goes beyond that. That's just a myth and you must not believe that. The last myth that you may have believed is that true lovers have great sex. Now it is true that great sex should happen between true lovers. But you must understand that true love does not is not uh, what is not just what is not just enough to produce great sex true love is not enough good great sex requires sound knowledge and skill about sex the sexual heart and that's why you must get the right knowledge that's why you must expose yourself to the right knowledge and that's why i've been teaching about intimacy to expose you to the right knowledge on intimacy on sexual intimacy and other aspects of intimacy so because you are true lovers because you love yourself so much doesn't mean that you will enjoy great sex you can only enjoy great sex when you love yourselves god with the right connection and you get the right knowledge about sex Get the right skill about sex. A lot of Christian brothers, especially, they believe this. You know, I used to believe this too. They believe that oh, it will just happen. We just need the love and things like that. But I've seen couples that really love themselves, but their sexual life, yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. Their sexual life is nothing to write home about. It's not they don't love themselves. They really love themselves, but they like the knowledge and the skill to make their sexual life great. So you must understand. It's only a myth that. True lovers have great sex. I hope that you have been able to get one or two things from this teaching today. And I believe that as you read yourself from this image, you'll be able to enjoy more sexual fulfillment and have a sound and realistic uh, life in your relationship and in your marriage. Till I come your way next week, stay safe, God bless you, and bye for now.